We want to direct your attention uh, this morning again to Psalm 50. Uh, we want to read again there uh, verse number 22. Now consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver you. Based on uh, the words here recorded by the psalmist in Psalm 50, uh, we want to use this morning as a subject, consider this. And as we uh, consider the text that we have before us here in Psalm 50, I want to take a somewhat circuitous uh, approach to the text. Uh, this psalm reminds me of two verses in particular from the New Testament. Uh, the first one is Acts 20, verse 27, where Paul declares, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Uh, the other is again from Paul, 2 Timothy 4, verse 2, where he declares, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Now, let me see if I can help you understand how I arrived uh, 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 at that thought. We serve a multifaceted God. And some aspects of God, uh, of the God that we serve, appeal to us more than others. Uh, people would rather talk about God's grace and mercy than his justice and his judgment. You hear people all the time, hey, God's a gracious God, a merciful God, and he is, and thank God that he is, but he is as much the God of justice and judgment as he is the God of grace and mercy. In, in Romans 11, verse 22, Paul mentions both the goodness and the severity of God. Uh, we would rather talk about God's compassion than God's wrath. Yet we read of both in Scripture, and God is a God full of compassion, and, and thank God that he is because it would take a God full of compassion to deal with all of us all the time, all at the same time. Uh, but Paul declares in Romans 1 verse 18 that it is not an unheard of thing for God to demonstrate his wrath. And as we have examined the question, who is the Lord, uh, we noted that God invites us to taste and see. He encourages us to be still and know. He calls us to come and see. But in Psalm 50, it, it, we need to consider all the counsel of God. It, it's not just God's grace and mercy. It, it's all that the word of God has to reveal about the God that we serve. And when we look at this proposition, uh, throughout the Bible, God has ordered his people to appear before him or, or called his people to answer to him. I, I think about like Israel in, in 1 Kings chapter 18. Remember Elijah called Israel there and they had the showdown at Mount Carmel? And, and he said, let the God who answers by fire be God. You can't keep going between God and these idols. You've got to make a choice and then stick with it. Uh, 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 if we're talking about the church in Revelation uh, chapters 2 and 3, you remember how God addressed each one of the seven congregations uh, uh, with their good points and their not so good points. It's not unheard of for God to speak to his people and in particular to speak to us uh, uh, with some things that need to be set right. And when we talk about 
uh, this kind of conversation with God. A conversation with God follows a logical pro uh, progression. You ever seen somebody when, when they just got issues and they kind of wander all around the yard and, and, and it's hard to follow their train of thought? And, and, I mean, and they can go on for a length at a time and you're kind of wondering, what in the world were you talking about? Now, and I hope you don't have that feeling after sermon is over, but, uh, you know, sometimes you, you, you just listen to people and they just kind of just going around in, in circles. Well, well, when you have a conversation with God, if we use Psalm 50 as a model, number one, facts are declared. God identifies himself. I am not just God. I am your God. Then behavior is noted. And then third, God's judgment is decreed. That's the manner of conversation that, that we find in, in uh, Psalm 50. And one of the things that we have to learn or, or appreciate is a loving parent is moved at times to address that which is unpleasant. You know, as a kid, I, you know, sometimes you think your parents like to fuss. Well, it's it, it not so much that we want to fuss. That sometimes we just need to address some things that don't make you smile. Uh, you know, when, when you come home and your grades are not up to snuff, uh, yeah, we're going to have to have a conversation about that. Uh, when we're out and about and you just act like you don't have any home training, uh, we're going to have to have a conversation about that too. Uh, uh, if you keep company with some folk that I don't think is wise for you to keep company with, sometimes we're just going to have to talk about some things. And it, it might sound like I'm fussing to you, but really I have your best interest at heart. So when we look at Psalm chapter 50, it, it, it's, it, it, the loving parent is speaking to his children. And, and I've learned in life that to be told only that which we desire to hear is dangerous. You ever notice scripture addresses that? Sometimes we just want to hear what we want to hear. Uh, in Isaiah 30, verse number 10, uh, uh, there the Israelites said to the seers, See not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. Now, now we probably have a little more reason to us than, than to phrase it like that. Uh, but you know, sometimes we think, you know, the preacher's meddling. Hey, why? Because he, he won't just stand up and say some smooth things. And ain't none of his business what's going on in my house. And, and you're right. And, and to be honest with you, I don't know what's going on in your house. But our daddy does. And you know, not like he's giving me a glimpse into anybody's life in particular. He just said, preach the word, and the word finds all of us. But, but Israel said, look, we just want to hear smooth. We want to hear about God's grace and mercy. Don't talk to us about justice and judgment. Uh, talk to us about compassion. We, we don't want to hear about God's wrath. Uh, in Romans 16, verse 18, uh, Paul said, For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Now, how were they able to deceive the simple folk? Because uh, that's what they wanted to hear in the first place. You know, sometimes we want to hear a certain thing. Now, don't tell me what you really think. Tell me what I want to hear. You ever ask somebody what an outfit looked like? Now, you know, the whole reason you're asking because you have some reservations about what it looked like. But don't tell me what it looked like. Tell me what I want to hear. You know, if I got on an uh-uh shirt, don't tell me I got on an uh-uh shirt. Now, now, you know what an uh-uh shirt is, don't you? When you were getting dressed and get ready to leave, should I wear this shirt? Uh-uh. Sometimes we just want folk to tell us what we want to hear. But when we get to Psalm 50, 
God says, let me give you all the counsel. I, yeah, yeah, I want you to be still and know. I, I want you to taste and see. But let me tell you the full story. God, through his word, speaks to us about the whole of our relationship with him. Thus, to be acquainted with, God, uh, with the word of God is to be called to action. You know, you, you don't come in contact without, uh, with the word of God without it calling you to do something. You remember Joshua 24, 15? Joshua said to Israel, choose you this day whom you will serve. That, that's still relevant to us uh, in, in our world today. We got to choose whom we're going to serve. And, and then we need to serve him all the time. You remember Jesus said, I wish you were cold or hot. Don't, don't, don't be lukewarm. Don't, don't try to go from side to side. Pick a side and stay there. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 6, verse number 17, uh, there, Paul, harking back to Isaiah 52, he said, Come out from among them, and be ye separate. And inasmuch as the people of God are called to action by God, we need a continual reminder of the fact that Christianity is not something we do on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings. Christianity is a lifestyle. And when our relationship with God is not the basis for our manner of living, like Israel, we will be guilty of two things. When you look at Psalm uh, uh, 50, uh, in verses 7 through 15, the sin there was formalism. Now, you know what formalism is, don't you? Formalism is reducing not just my relationship to God to when the church comes together, uh, but it's giving more thought to the quantity of time than the quality of the time. You know, sometimes we pay attention to two times the time we're supposed to start and the time we're supposed to finish. Well, what about what we did all the time between? And last time I checked, the Lord's Day, you know, that, in my mind, Lord's Day just means it's God's day all day long. When did Lord's Day mean God only gets 45 minutes or, or an hour and a half? You know, I'm glad God doesn't look at things with us like we sometimes look at things with him. Can you imagine if God said, I'm going to give you air today, but that only means for a half hour? And what are we supposed to do for the other 23 and a half hours? You can't hold your breath that long. Then the other sin uh, of that they were guilty of is hypocrisy. And as we look through the word of God, we are given a lot on which to reflect. We are introduced to the eternal creator and his power. You know, that's Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We see numerous demonstrations of his love, grace, and mercy. But we are reminded that we need to be mindful of the whole counsel of God. God said, yeah, I invite you to taste and see. I invite you to be still and know. I call you to come and see. But, but let me give you all the counsel. And, 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 in, and when we talk about all the counsel, God says, I've told you those things, but consider this. With all that we are given to contemplate, God says, consider this. Now, to consider is to understand what has been said and then to think deeply on those things and allow them to sink down into our minds and, and, and into our conscience. And, and there are some things from, from this psalm that we need to consider. If you look at verse number five there, God says, gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. We need to consider, number one, what God desires. And isn't it ironic that when it comes to religion, we often think first of ourselves. 
You know, we often have a what's in it for me mentality. You remember kind of like uh, Peter, uh, Matthew 19. Remember Jesus had talked there with the fellow we call the rich young ruler, and he goes away sorrowful because he has great possessions. And then Peter said, well, we've left everything. What should we have there for? It, Lord, what's in it for us? We're we not like this fellow. We've done what he wouldn't do. What do we get? You know, sometimes that's the approach we take. What do I get? You know, then we have nerve to gripe sometimes. You know, I'm not getting certain blessings. It, why is this happening to me? It, what's in it for me? But, but somebody ought, ought to ask the question, what does God want? And it's more ironic that in not thinking of what God wants, many miss the fact that God wants what's best for us. And let me say, the best thing for us is not being free to choose whatever we want. But God desires that we choose to love him rather than become slaves to a system of religion. Now, I say, I, I don't want you to show up on Sundays just to sing a few songs. I, I don't need you to sing songs. I, look, I could get the rocks to sing songs. It's it not like you're the only people that can sing. I know who I am, and, and, and I don't need you all to be who I am. So it, I don't want you to come together and just act like you uh, uh, owe this to me. God says, I want a loving relationship with you that, that is based on uh, an understanding of who I am. Do you remember Jesus uh, in Matthew chapter 23? Uh, he stands out over Jerusalem and, and he laments there uh, uh, that uh, the people wouldn't receive him. Uh, uh, Matthew 23 verse 37 in your Bibles, he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her, uh, her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. What is Jesus saying there? What I really want is a relationship with you all. I really want you all to be reconciled uh, uh, to the Father. It's not about me trying to take control. I, I'm not interested in switch, switching the system of religion just so I can be the focal point. What I really want is a relationship with you. What God really wants with us is a relationship. And then looking further there in Psalm 50, uh, uh, verse 14 and 15, he says, Offer unto God thanksgiving, and pay thy vows unto the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Not only do we need to consider what God desires, but we need to consider, oh, miss one again, uh, we need to consider man's accountability. One of the most immature desires that a person can possess is the desire to be free of accountability. But doesn't that kind of sound like the world? We, nobody wants to be accountable for anything. You know, people say stuff, and then the favorite expression after they, you know, say something, uh, well, what I said was taken out of context. Well, no, we didn't miss the context. You said what you said. Now you don't want to be accountable for it. It is one of life's greatest fairy tales that we can go through life and not be held accountable for what we say and do. By virtue of the fact that we are created beings, we are thus accountable to our creator. Uh, you remember the great passage there in Ecclesiastes 12, uh, 13, 14. Now let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. 
For God will bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Solomon letting us know that at the end of the day, we are accountable to God. And it doesn't matter what you want folk to judge. It doesn't matter how much you wish people would mind their own business. God said you need to remember that if you won't be accountable to anything else, you are always accountable to me. And let me say, accountability is only a burden to the irresponsible and the unreasonable. You remember Jesus, John chapter 3? Jesus said, the only people that hate light are the ones whose deeds are evil. But if my deeds are good, then I have no problem being called to the light. I have no problem being accountable if my deeds are right. It's when my deeds are wrong that I don't want people to focus on what I'm doing. And every meaningful relationship has some level of accountability. I like to see you try to have a meaningful relationship and there's just no kind of accountability to it. Can you imagine trying to keep a marriage together and there's no kind of accountability? I mean, I just spend my paycheck how I want to. You know, I just come home when I get ready. I just deal with you when I feel like it. Yeah, that ain't gonna be much of a relationship. It's gonna be some dealing, but it ain't gonna be very pleasant. Every meaningful relationship has some level of accountability. And God says, you know, the person that's doing what they ought to be doing doesn't have a problem with being accountable. You know, in fact, usually when we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, we want folk to notice because I'm doing what I should be doing. And then uh, last there in Psalm 50, uh, verses 22 and 23, now consider this. Ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. We need to consider God's judgment. You know, judgment is just as much a part of Scripture as is heaven. You know, you can talk about heaven and everybody just, uh, you know, ooh la la. And boy, you say hell and everybody sit up straight and start staring. It, well, that's, that's not something the preacher made up. That's God. And we need to be aware of the fact that there is a judgment. In fact, I submit to you that one cannot rightfully profess uh, uh, to, uh, to declare the gospel of Christ and omit God's judgment. If you're going to tell all the counsel of God when you talk about Jesus, you've got to talk about the judgment. And I know heaven is a wonderful place, as the songs say, filled with glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face. Heaven is a wonderful place. Yeah, amen, it is. Uh, but heaven ain't the only place folk can end up. And if we tell the whole counsel of God, look, you need to know there are two possibilities. Yeah, heaven is a reward for the righteous. It is the gift of God. But God has another place for those who decide not to listen. You know, we ought not tiptoe all around it because we don't want to, look, you need to know. Yeah, we need to tell all the counsel of God. The Apostle Paul, even when his life was on the line, declared the whole counsel of God. Uh, in your Bibles there, Acts chapter 24, uh, uh, verse number 25, you remember uh, Paul was preaching there to Felix. And, and Paul, yeah, he, now he's he not just over fatigue. This is part of their judicial process, and it's clear Paul is not going to get a fair shake. Uh, Acts 24, 25, and as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, 
Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Now notice what it said Paul preached. Righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. And notice Felix's reaction, he trembled. Now I don't think Felix trembled because Paul was talking about how gracious and merciful God is. That's not what made him tremble. I believe the third thing was in particular what made him tremble. Judgment to come. See, because if you don't straighten up, you're going to spend a long time needing some suntan lotion. <laughs> That's what made Felix tremble. The idea of being eternally separated from God. That's what he was shaking about. And notice, it, it moved him so much that he told Paul, look, I don't want to hear no more of that right now. Look, you, you go on somewhere, and look, if, if I get myself together, when and if that happens, I'll call you back. Yeah, Paul preached all the counsel of God uh, uh, to Felix. And, and appreciate, God is not a tyrant who holds the threat of punishment over us, but he is the just and holy God that cannot allow evil to go unchecked. See, you can't talk about God, all the counsel of God, and not talk about how God feels about sin, and not talk about what God has called sin, and not talk about what God has said will happen if we continue in sin. And appreciate, eternal death is the due payment for sin. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. Everybody who's lost, as one old preacher said, should be. They got the just desert. Now that's what all of us deserve, because if you finish the verse, he said, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Anybody who's saved is going to be by grace. Nobody's going to be saved because they earned it, uh, you know, deserve it. But Paul said, but be crystal clear. When we talk about all the counsel of God, uh, yeah, they're, 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 you, you have to answer up if you will not obey God. Yet God wants a covenant relationship with us. God wants to be our God. He wants to bless us. But consider this. God says, if we won't do it my way, it's still going to be done. And it's still going to be done my way. It's just not going to be done my way. Now, that sounds like a politician. What, what God wants is for everybody to be saved. Now, because we are so uh, recalcitrant in the extreme, just stubborn as donkeys, we, we, we won't be saved sometimes. God said, now, it's not my desire that some be lost, but some are going to be lost. But you need to be aware of all the counsel uh, of God. Uh, yeah, we serve God because he is God. But let us never delude ourselves into thinking that he's just this God who is just good to us all the time uh, in spite of us, in spite of who we are, in spite of what we do. Uh, no, God does bless us in spite of us. But God has expectations to which every soul that comes into this life is accountable. God says, consider this. Uh, yeah, I am the good and gracious God, and, and, and you need to taste and see. I am the God full of compassion, the God who is able to deliver. You need to be still and know. But consider this. There is both goodness and severity. He is as much the God of wrath as he is the God of compassion. God calls us to be saved from his wrath. And he does this through the preaching of the gospel of Christ Jesus. 
But when we preach the gospel of Christ Jesus, we need to preach all the counsel of God. We need to preach all that God requires. You know, in our world today, people just want to hear vagaries. You need to get to know God and have a relationship with him. Well, how do I do that? You know, I don't know how to do that just because you say I need to have a relationship with God. That much I know. How do I have a relationship with God? Well, God requires, I missed one again. Uh, God requires that we hear the good news that Jesus died for our sins. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He requires that we believe Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of God, John 8, verse 24. We must be willing to turn from sin, Luke 13, 3, Luke 13, 5. Make the confession of faith that Jesus is the Christ, Matthew 10, 32. And then be baptized in water for the remission of sins, Acts 2, 38. And when we go down in the, to the waters of baptism, as a matter of grace and mercy in response, uh, 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 in response to our obedience, God chooses to wash away our sins by the blood of Christ Jesus, indwell us with his spirit, and add us to the church. But consider this, thereafter he expects us to live obediently after his word. Now that's what God says we need to do. And if we consider all the counsel of God, then we're not free to omit anything that God requires. And people in our world today, as unpleasant as they may find it, need to know all the counsel of God. Perhaps you're here this morning, you want the church to pray for you, or you want to respond to the invitation. And if either of these are the case, then we bid you to come as we stand and as we sing.